I didn't not look at data, et cetera. But you don't need to know everything or nothing has to be perfect. Uh, If you have something that you believe in and you want to go do it, just just start and figure it out along the way. So I think too many people um, spend time analyzing everything, trying to make the perfect business plan or case. And you know what? They just spent nine months making a business plan and they've done nothing. And first thing is, I I think I'm very good at starting. I'm a great starter. and then, you know, I actually, on the other side of the coin, I'm not great at executing in certain areas, but I hire people in those areas. I have help. I ask for, ask for help, get support. Um, but first of all, just getting started. If I could give any treat to someone, it would be that. I'm fairly okay at that. Uh, and I think developing, I'd like to think I've developed good communication skills and the ability to you know, influence and work with people. Um, And that really ultimately came from the ability to understand what was important to others. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. So, John, thank you very much for joining us on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thanks, Chris. Uh, I'm stoked to be here. All right. All right. So, um, so, so John, um, tell me what you were like before joining our program. Well, I had to think a lot about this, and this is one of the questions you gave me. Yeah. When I was in high school, honestly, I, I was kind of mediocre. I and went through the motions. It's actually not that different than I think most people do. You play sports, you get a school, you hang out with friends, you maybe work a part-time job. Um, it wasn't until I, I guess I turned 18 that I started realizing that you know, the decisions you make and, and what you do has an impact on your trajectory. So I, I landed in this uh, school program at a school I didn't want to be at and in an area of study I hated. And <laughs> I, and I think that's another common trend that I hear from my friends and a lot, a lot of people. But I realized that if I wanted to, I guess, be somewhere in life later on, and I didn't really even know what that meant at the time, but I needed to start doing something. I needed to start being around people that had it figured out. And I right. I'm a little obsessed with uh, that idea of being successful, whatever that meant to me. I got that. <laughs> um, so it, it was it was quite normal, I'd say. Uh, okay. At a certain point, you start to realize, oh, you know, there's a lot of stuff I can do, and what do I want to do? Um, I think that was really when I, I had transferred to Western, and I, I remember hearing about the Student Works program, um, and it was kind of almost the perfect timing because I was just into saying, hey, where do I want to be in ten years? What do I need to do to get there? Cool. Successful people do, and and I became really motivated uh, to figure that out because no one really gave me that roadmap. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and unless there's like my sense of it is overall there's sort of a school roadmap. You know, hey, you become a lawyer, you become a doctor, you become a you become a you know. Um, but if you don't see that really fitting then there's a problem if you don't see really how the world works. It, sorry, my belief of a big part of how the world works is that there's this thing called consumers and they need to be satisfied. 
And um, so if you understand business, then, you know, life can be really great um, about, hey, how do we satisfy businesses? How do we work in teams? How can we have really powerful lives? So, uh, and I know that's what you figured out. <laughs> or, yeah. or sorry, I mean, I think I'm getting there. <laughs> Absolutely, no, doing really well. And you did, you know, those those start those starting uh, steps were were with student works as you were describing. So, so um, if you think back on it, are there any big frustrations as a teenager before you got started in business? <sighs> so, I, th- I think that again, it's you don't know what you don't know, and so. Um, part of what I was just describing is, you know, I was just going through the motions. Right. And when you go through the motions, you eventually realize that you, you feel out of control or you're not in control of where you're, where you're going. And mm-hmm. I that the biggest sense of frustration I had is that, you know, I was working you know, typical part-time jobs as a high school student and going to university and you make you know, minimum wage. Yeah. Realize, well, what you want in the future is probably not going to, you're not going to get it from that job. You're not skill set. And, and, and the frustration is where am I going to go to actually get it, get ahead of the crowd? Um, you know, everyone goes to university. Uh, what's going to really differentiate you? Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and so, you know, what do you still rely on from the program today? And, oh, just for, for, um, for, our, for our leaders, uh, John, John was involved in our program as an operator and then spent a number of years as, as a district manager. So spent multiple years with us. But what do you still rely on from the program? Um, honestly, almost everything, uh, except for painting. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it, I guess at a level, it's learn to set a goal, like a really big goal that you don't even know if you can achieve. Plan and know what behaviors are going to reach towards that plan or help you achieve that. And then just do it. So right. everything comes down to that in business. It's whether you're in marketing or you're running a charity or you're, whatever your career is, you have to think really big. You have to be able to make a plan to get there. And then you have to hold yourself accountable and actually do it. And so right. uh, at a high level, I, I've taken that with me everywhere. Uh, the actual skills and things that we do in marketing and sales uh, and operations, it's all still the same. It's customer service. It's communication skills. Um, I've taken that with me through every job I've ever had uh, since works. Awesome. Awesome. So, so tell me about your career progress. Yeah, so um, after the program, um, I actually went and got the amazing opportunity to work with a fast-growing small business that was selling translation services. I was totally punching out of my weight class, so thank you for helping me get the job through this experience, Chris. Uh, But it it was amazing. So I jumped in there. It it was a tough role. I learned so much. I did that for about two years. Um, then I went and I worked at Salesforce for three years, um, where again it was just like everyone was metrics focused. Everyone was saying, "Hey, well, let's let's you know win. Let's set a big goal. Let's make a plan." There, if you're not familiar, they're one of the fastest growing companies uh, in the world in the, in the tech space, and so they're an amazing place to work. Um, I ended up uh, wanting to you know, I guess leave the corporate life. I mean, you're just one kind of widget out of. Uh, 30,000 widgets uh, and you put number every, every month and every quarter. Um, it's amazing. But I felt like I needed to do something a bit more. I wanted to solve some sort of bigger challenge. 
Um, I, I found a startup uh, called Parity at the time. It had you know, two or three employees. So I was employee number four. Um, and had his mission to use technology to help uh, lower the environmental impact of uh, high-rise buildings. And I thought that was fantastic. And I, I looked at what their uh, business was. And one thing it was really missing was a model, some models similar to uh, student works. And have uh, you know, marketing, sales, operations, HR, you know, all this planned that they didn't have that. And so I stepped in and, and we, we implemented a model, created that. Um, we were able to raise a Series A, and I was a big part of that. And our CEO really, really led it. But raised a Series A, uh, growing tremendously fast. Uh, uh, we're at 25 employees now, and we should be about 40 by the end of this year. Uh, so a lot, a lot of exciting stuff. And and it's, I just think back, it's everything I'm doing today from marketing and sales is I've directly taken uh, from from the program. Well, that's awesome. So, so John, what we're going to do is we're going to go back because uh, that that like what a what a trajectory post student works. Um, uh, so, um, so key lingo, ling, it's key lingo, key lingo, yeah, key lingo for for our uh, leaders is a is a franchise translation service run by or or involved with two formerly or or former alumni and massively successful guys, Tim Tracy and Richard Carroll, um, who are doing that and really excelling. Um, and, and so tell us more about Salesforce. So Salesforce is one of the leading tech companies in the world, one of the, the, the fastest growing um, software firms in the world. Tell us about what that culture's like, what the pros of working that organization, what the challenges might be working in that organization. Um, well, the culture is fantastic. I mean, everyone that works there is, is top notch. You know, they recruit very well. It's really hard to get a job there. Um, you've had to have done something. Uh, you can't just go right out of school and go work there. You've got to have a great, great background experience um, and you can step into that role. So they recruit really well. It's, it's about performance, performance based culture. So still producing results. Um, also have, uh, which I think is really cool, a very philanthropic uh, culture. So they spend a lot of time and you're actually mandated to you know, work with charities and give back to the communities that you're around. I loved it. Um, everyone really kind of unites around a common goal. And you know what you've got to do and you've got to pull your part as, as a team. And, and it was right. really exciting. And we had a lot of fun doing that. It right. was probably the, one of the most fun uh, sales environments I've worked in because everyone loved what they were doing. Everyone's super passionate and charismatic about uh, the products and what, what we're selling and what we're trying to achieve. Right. Uh, that was fantastic. I think I probably have most of developed a lot of really good friends and relationships while working there with you know coworkers, but also with customers. Uh, right. And got to work with closely, which was great. Right. Because that's one of the cool things about sales is, is that you get to really understand clients because you you basically moved into a hunting role, right, where you were really going out and hunting after clients. Um, so one part of sales is inbound, where a bunch of a bunch of um, people really come in and you're looking to convert them. A big part of it is hunting. Maybe you could describe that and what role you're doing and also why you ended up getting to know customers so well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... It was a hunting role. So it pretty much means you get a, a list of companies. Uh, it, it's funny because I, 
when I was in university, I never thought of business like this uh, until I started you know, actually getting into business. I didn't know this is how it would work. But you get a list of companies and accounts and say, hey, you got to go out there and get you know, three or four of these a month. <laughs> right. And yeah. you, don't, you don't know a lot about them right now. You don't really know who they are. But somebody has to you know, break the ice, introduce us, set up the meeting, convince them why the meeting's important. Uh, and so the first year at Salesforce, I spent uh, cold calling and meeting you know, C-level executives from you know, the you know, commercial-sized businesses around uh, Ontario, so really southwestern Ontario and Toronto. And it, it was awesome to be able to pick up the phone and, and call a CEO of a $100 million company, give them a quick pitch saying, hey, this is why we've got to meet. This is why I've got something different. I know you're busy. But set up that meeting and then eventually see that turn into a deal with us that was worth you know, half a million dollars. And the CEO's committing uh, to spend and invest on this technology because he really believes it's going to help grow his, his business or her business. Um, so that was, that was awesome. Uh, it, it was uh, not much different, I think, than, than paint jobs. Uh, right. uh, and it was a little bit more, more elaborate. The, the, the scale, the scale, awesome. yeah, the scale's bigger, yeah. and and then uh, the the conversation starters are different, right? You know, yeah. like how how to actually engage a, a, a CEO. They're you know they're not going to care that you're you know one common conversation starter we have as as students is oh hey I'm a University of Western Ontario student oh you know. <laughs> I, I, running a summer business. Oh, you know, but the CEO doesn't care about that. You know, they want to know, hey, how can, how can, how can your service impact my business? Yeah. And, and the key is to lead with that, but you can also, after you start building that relationship, when you can yes. bring advice to sell them and something valuable to them, uh, you, you start to see them in a different way. They start communicating to you like, you know, someone that is trusted or you know, the same experience in this, tell me what you know in this area. And so um, it, it definitely was the secret to uh, putting deals together is understanding what they needed, what would be valuable to them, being able to talk to that, uh, know about what was important to them. Uh, it, it helped a ton. And we yes. had a team though. So none of this was by ourselves uh, at Salesforce. So we worked as a team and we had new managers and, and support. Yeah. And when we needed a marketing specialist, we brought in a marketing specialist. When we needed someone in customer service, we brought them in, brought an engineer in, and whatever we needed to make sure the customer uh, was being taken. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. 
no. And it really is wonderful working with like literally one of the world's leading companies, Salesforce. Like it really is like in the resources that are available, et cetera, you know, and, and obviously now you've, or, or a number of years ago, you moved in and, and you really on the ground floor of an organization that has a really great concept. Uh, so why don't we ex explain the concept in more detail? We've got these high rise towers. They're spending a bunch of energy. How does parity help? Yeah, so I guess the, the first thing I would you need to know is that buildings actually account for more CO2 emissions than cars or manufacturing. Um, you think about the cost of being comfortable, like we're all pretty privileged. We have air conditioning for the most part, we have heating yeah. in here, we have you know water in our taps, and we have you know fresh air coming into these buildings. So takes an immense amount of electricity and gas to, to power all of those things. Uh, so about 40% of all CO2 emissions in North America come from buildings. Wow. Um, that, the problem is really because buildings are, aren't designed for efficiency. And so you've got these you know, thousands of, of condo buildings in Toronto and tens of thousands in New York and Chicago and numbers go on and on. And they were designed to deliver you know, air conditioning on the hottest day of the year when everyone was in the building. So all of their systems are, are massive and they're running at full speed all the time. Right. And heating, the coldest day of the year, you got to be able to heat the building. You need to have enough water, et cetera. And so that just means they're going to use you know, a lot of electricity and gas. Uh, what our uh, company does is we actually... Uh, provide a no-cost upfront solution where our software will plug into the building. It will collect operational data about this building, what comfort is needed at this time. We'll take things like predictive weather and we'll use all of this data and we'll actually then control the building where or run set back that equipment. So it doesn't have to run at full speed. It can run at 70% right now because occupancy is low and the temperature is declining. And so we'll be able to reduce how much electricity is used on air conditioning by predictively controlling that you know, chiller. As well. Right. Um, we then actually guarantee it. So the whole model is for no, no upfront cost, your condo building can have all the equipment and parity installed. Uh, we're going to guarantee you savings. Your savings are always going to be greater than your costs. So you have money right away in your, in your pocket. Uh, it's a win, win, win value problem. Yeah. And, and so for anyone in these buildings as well, one of the things you'll recognize is a lot of times it's really cold when it should be hot. Right. Like it's like it's like the cold, the hottest day of the year. These buildings are freezing and it's like, oh, my God, like like turn the temperature down. But that's what they're geared to do. Right. And so one of the, the benefits of parity is you go to these these, you know, a lot of times condo boards or large organizations and say, we're going to save you money. But in fact, a lot of times you can also say their comfort's going to increase because of this this technology. Absolutely. It's, it always starts with comfort because, I mean, it, it's a much harder sell when I tell you, Chris, uh, we're going to save you uh, some money. You're going to have to take cold showers. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, Johnny. Sorry, Johnny. No cold showers. No one's willing to, to save a couple dollars here and there to have a cold shower every day. No, no, right. like your scale in a condo building that has 500 units and maybe you know, 1,000 plus residents that live there, they're, they're not willing to, to do that. So 
it's all about measuring well, what are the hallway temperatures? We can know that it's you know, about 20 degrees. That's great. And we can keep that consistent. Uh, 21 degrees, perhaps, and every building right. different prefer- preferences, but, but you're right. It, it's, it's really being oversupplied and they're just blasting it as cold as possible because they're afraid that, well, what if it goes up a couple more degrees and, you know, no one's comfortable and everyone's getting all hot and bothered and yes, worse outcomes. So they're going to overcompensate by, by delivering more cooling to the building. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, no, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and so when you look out, John, obviously, uh, so, so, you know, just John's the VP of uh, parity, uh, responsible for the sales and marketing efforts. So when you look out over the next two to three years, what, what will you need to, or what will parity want to go and do when you, oh, and, and also for our leaders, Series A finance means they raised a bunch of money. They raised, what did you raise? $2 million. So. Yeah, we, we raised uh, five million, and then we raised right. another one point two five million that was just announced. That was through a couple different uh, banks, I guess. If you want to leave it at that, but okay. uh, we're really excited, and that that's to fuel our growth. So um, when you want to do something four or five times bigger than you're doing today, <laughs> right? Need someone with deep pockets, right? You got to start acting in like a business larger than you are, and you need to hire people and invest in marketing and systems. And, uh, so we're, we're stoked about this. It's also validating for, for us um, that we have one of the world's largest pension funds, OMERS, um, backing us and saying, this is a fantastic idea. There's a really big challenge to solve and that you're solving it and you have this repeatable model that you're, you're running on. And let's see, scale this to North America wide. Yeah. So, and so what's that going to look like, you know, about, you know, the big goal that you're trying to accomplish over the next three years and what you're going to need to, to, to do, John? Yeah. So, I mean, my, my role in it is really just in, in the marketing and sales. I, I'm so thankful we've have amazing people on the team that handle operations because it's, it's quite a complex engineered <laughs> uh, uh, way over my head, not qualified to work on that. Um, so, so I'm focused on building strong teams. And right. I guess at the, at the end of the day, you need uh, account executives and people in marketing that are going to be able to work in a fast-paced environment, set the right goals, be a cultural fit. Um, we we want to have a lot of fun while we're doing this too. So it's getting yeah. people on board. Um, it's systemizing this. So, I mean, you don't always have the luxury of knowing exactly what the best system is or process to follow. It's great with... Uh, with student works, it was you've done this for 30 plus years, and said, guys you know exactly what you should do to you know, be successful here. Here, here's the book, right? Do this, and go do it. Let's support you. We'll give you everything you need. Here, it's we're, we're creating the book while we're running really fast. <laughs> so, um, a key focus is understanding all the time what what is working. What can we change? What can we do better? How are we measuring success is really important. So what do we need to do as sales teams, as sales leaders, as our CEO need to do, whatever all our departments need to do on a monthly, quarterly basis to get us to our annual goals. Um, obviously, a lot of this needs to be reported back to our investors so that they can see progress on this. And so I guess to, to recap, strong teams, Knowing what we're doing and knowing what our metrics are, measures of success, 
um, systemizing the process. It, it's a huge part of uh, figuring it out. I think I spend like 25% of my time problem solving, just trying to figure out like, what can we do differently? What can we do better? How can we implement this? How could I encourage people to try things maybe a little differently? We've been doing it this way for three or four months. So all of a sudden I realized I changed this. So influencing some change. Um, yeah. And then we're going to, I guess that's, that's on the Toronto scale. And this is what's happening now. We're, we're looking at going in New York and Chicago and being up and running by January. So in four months. Awesome. Awesome. And then, and then, you know, how do we scale this in other major cities? Right. And then once we, we, we get a win there, we get a win in the next spot. So, um, well, that's no, that's very, very exciting. Um, and, 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 and again, one of the great things that you've got going for your, for your business is a real cause. And you'll see more and more that, that businesses really want to have a cause. You know, our cause obviously is developing the leaders of tomorrow. We have another cause around giving money to, uh, and, and, and you know, and, and why is that is because people want to be part of a cause. People want to be about more than just like you said, your comfort, right? Like we, we live in an area where, you know, once you start doing well, and there's a lot of people in Canada who do really quite well. So, it, so once you start doing well, you go, oh, I've got that handle. And not that you don't want more of that. Of course, you know, John wants to make more next year. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, there's this, there's this, no, and, and I want more than that. Hey, I want to create something. I want to help the world. And that's literally what Parity's doing, which is really cool. Yeah, no, I, I think that cause is, is so important. It was something that was missing uh, for a little bit in the career. So that career path I explained is jobs. Uh, the jobs where I, I knew I was going to get good skills or there was a lot yeah. that I got paid. That was great. Yeah. Uh, yes. Good training. Uh, but at the end of the day, even though Salesforce tries, I guess for, for myself personally, I love that they have their philanthropic model and yeah. it's good culture. It wasn't the, the why or the cause that I wanted to be behind. Yeah. Um, so just as important as finding whatever matters to you and, you know, and just going out and doing that, right? Figuring that out is really important for us. I think everyone that we, uh, we hire or we interview, uh, they don't have a strong reason why they see themselves at parity and why our mission is similar to their mission. They almost never uh, go further through the process. Absolutely. So what are the biggest failures or mistakes, uh, John, and how did you learn from those? Okay. That's a tough question. Um, so I, I think when I just generalizing, um, I make a lot of mistakes. So I, I have to generalize here. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, I think it's just being, being humble is so important. I'll start with the lesson. It's being humble. It's that things change all the time. It's that there's a lot of things out of your control. Um, mostly what you can focus on is what you do and what your behaviors are, how you act, what you decide. And so I think at times, maybe you know, I got a bit proud or you know, arrogant uh, from success at, at certain points in my life. And then, you know, hey, all of a sudden I'm not having success and, you know, it feels really crappy. Yeah. So just, just knowing that it's, you don't have to be, uh, you know, you're successful and you're confident. That's fantastic. Um, but always stay humble. Learn. Be open to new things. Be open to doing something differently. Um, and I think that when I started looking at my career and work through that lens, rather than I know what I need to do, I know what's best. I a lot of I. Um, yeah. 
was more of being open to doing things differently, having a mentor, having a coach. And that helped me actually avoid problems and avoid that. You're, you're closed-minded. You're, you're going to keep running into issues and you're, you're going to more than likely not solve them on your own. You got to be able to know who to, who to work with. Oh, your video dropped off there, Chris. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, okay. I'll fix that. Perfect. I was rambling anyways. Uh, was no, well, 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 here, we'll dig back in and, and <laughs> we'll get that edited. But um, I really love that, John. Like, um, I think it's a really great indicator. Um, uh, you're achieving success, you're delivering the results. And then so often it can be I, 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 right? I've got it. I've got it. And we want people to have that confidence. I want people in my organization to have that confidence, right? You know, you were in my organization, a really, you know, really proud leader of my organization. And so it's like, yeah, I want John to feel confident. And when you roll it too far, then all of a sudden I'm not listening. I'm, I, I've got this handle. I'm not open to all the feedback, and especially in your role today. Oh my God, you're literally, you know, trying to figure out how 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 is it best to run this and and one of the things i'd say as well for our leaders you know it's not like it's not a question of whether parity is going to win or not cuz you're going to win like the model like i uh, by the way there's another really great past alumni that john's recruited from our organization keith ellis so i've so i've spoke with john i spoke with keith so it's going to win the issue is how much is it going to win by and that's significant Right. Like what sort of, you know, are there are going to be other competitors there? Are we going to, how much of the market are we going to be able to take? How good are we going to be able to be? And so much of that is, again, listening for what are the systems? Some of it you're going to be responsible for, meaning, hey, on the sales and marketing, largely that's going to be uh, around what you're responsible for. And then obviously the rest of your team, all those amazing engineers, all those amazing tech people are going to need to solve that, you know, and continue to improve all the other models, right, about your business. So if there's a sense of, oh, we've got it all figured out, parity isn't going to be all it can be. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think that everyone is just really, at this moment, I think open-minded to say, hey, I mean, I have X amount of years of experience doing this at, oh, another company. Oh, no one did something like us this, and no one's done anything like this. So no experience so let's let's approach this with kind of uh, an open mind and uh let's figure out how to do this in the best way it's awesome yeah well that's fantastic so you know if someone was considering venturing out into the entrepreneurial world what advice would you give them and how did you compare and contrast you know sort of being an entrepreneur doing it on your own or working within organizations which is obviously what you've chosen so far um so I feel very entrepreneurial right now. You I'm are the company, uh, not the you know primary owner stakeholder. Uh, frankly, I would say just just do it. They don't think that much about it. I think that the security that a larger company offers you is kind of false or fake. Uh, companies shrink and grow and downsize, and you know promised promotion paths aren't always there. Like like I us. Um, I think that everyone should try something at least at least once and see if this is what what it is. I guess if this is for you. If you were to do anything entrepreneurial, it's I think it comes down to having a, you know a really big goal and then making that plan and then trying it. I, I think I wouldn't be afraid to jump in the pool and just start swimming. Right. 
Yeah. No, that's great. And, and again, it's also great to see as well that, again, you are an entrepreneur and you are an owner. And again, it, obviously, you know, hey, people are putting millions of dollars in your business. So, so you know, yeah. there's a lot of owners of your business, which is great, by the way. And, and again, you know, when people's businesses get more and more successful, that's a lot of times what exactly does happen. You know, you're, you're in partnership with many people uh, and many stakeholders. I would also, I, I guess... Um, a lot of people would just say that, oh, you know, entrepreneurship is like, I'm going to go on Shark Tank or Dragon Center or whatever you're watching these days. Uh, I don't even have TV, so I hope those shows are still on. I think they're still there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, being an entrepreneur just means solving challenges, right? It's, it's not something that's maybe common or happening every day. And maybe it doesn't have to be in, I want to make a business. It could be a charity. It could be anything. The same skill set applies and saying, this is an issue. I think I've got a way to do it differently. How can we rally a bunch of people behind us to do this? And then how can let's actually do it and let's track and see if we're going to be successful or not. And if you like problem solving in general, then, then you'll love entrepreneurs. Yeah. No, and you're right, Ashley. Entrepreneurs a big, a big one big key success uh, point of entrepreneurs is being really great fact finders and problem solvers. Right. And then taking action to solve those. Absolutely. So as you went from a you know, university student to a business owner slash value creator in the in the full time world, what did you need to change about yourself, John? Um, well, I needed to be a lot more disciplined in my time management. I actually I was doing so much, especially when I first met you, Chris. I was on student council and I was running uh, an events business with some of my friends and I was starting off with student works and commuting from Western back to King every single weekend. Yeah. Time management was the first thing and being disciplined to that. So um, you don't have to overload yourself like I did uh, with, you know, plus hours a week of everything and just do it all. But I needed to start picking and choosing my spots. And so what was important to me, um, for me, it was really easy to decide. I really wanted to run an awesome business and I really wanted to, friends and I really wanted to uh, you know, probably get by at school so I could stay there. But uh, the friends and uh, the business were, were really taking priority. Um, and then that became a habit, I'd say, is that learning to pick and choose and just knowing I've decided this. I don't really care uh, about anything else and picking those spots. Okay. And, and John, one thing as well that I've noticed over the years is you've done a, a bunch of personal development, taken other courses, et cetera. Maybe you could share types of things that you've done to sort of, again, um, although I know you're not as, as you just mentioned, not a school focus necessarily, right? Oh, hey, I, I you know, I really saw school as the direction, but def- definitely learning is a direction that's important to you for sure. Yeah. Um, I think whenever I can, I mean, I don't read uh, fiction. Right. Personally, I mean, I probably would enjoy it, but I just don't have the time. Um, if I'm going to read, I'm, I'm going to pick up a book that's applicable to you know, business or to sales or to marketing or to leadership. Um, actually, I'll, I'll read a lot of history as well. I find there's a lot of good lessons. Uh, I, I do too. On your behalf, you don't have to go through them. Yes. So, so I, I'm, I'm a big self-learner. I, I'm not uh, great in an academic environment where I, I find it super interesting to have good tutorials and you know, lectures and stuff like that and then write a report and then do it over again next day. 
Um, but a lot of the learnings happen through books and through networking. So I'm part of a, a great uh, sales leadership networking group that meets once a month. And it's got leaders from Salesforce and Shopify and a lot of the big companies that are in Toronto. And we get out and we have a cocktail and a, a bite to eat. And we have a about their experience, you know, what's going well, what their challenges are. And there's a lot of group learning there. Um, I did go to uh, UFT for some sales training at one point in time, which was, was interesting. Yeah. And of course, it's a, it's a lot on the job. It's a lot of when you're working with you, it was working with my coaches and mentors at Salesforce. It's working with our current uh, board of directors and our CEO right now. So I think uh, that combo of you know going out and reading, uh, networking with people who are, have similar goals and ambitions and getting to know them, and then you know, working with you know, mentor coach is has been really important yeah yeah no and i think you're right like i think one of the things they they uh you know a, a latest sort of thought is is not you know what should i do it's who it's who it's who should i talk to who should i recruit you know it's you know who's done this before you know um and and so you know one of the real keys and you can see uh, for our leaders john's doing this is really developing a network you know, especially when you're young, you know, uh, you know, because it carries on with you, you know, I'm not spending much time developing a network, not that I'm not open to continuing to develop my network, but I have an amazing network. I'm very, very blessed with knowing so many people and a huge part of this, this program, but also just, just all the people that I spent time in my twenties and thirties really meeting. And then, Oh, they're an expert in recruiting. Let's go talk to them. They're an expert in, um, uh, you know, finance or whatever it is, you know, going and having access to them. And then that can really, again, just jump your, your learning up. Right. And just be listening, you know, also, you know, so you, so it doesn't, um, involve you and it's not something that parody may be challenged with. Listen, anyhow, right. Be interested, be inquisitive because eventually good chance that may be a, a factor. Right. Absolutely. I've gone to these, uh, again, once a month type networking events, and we literally all stay in a circle. They're getting too big to be able to you know, do this anymore, but everyone go around and share kind of one challenge that you know, they're looking at in their organization. So there's companies that are you know, 10 people, there's companies that are thousands of people, and there's yes. senior sales leaders. So you start hearing, it's like, oh, that's a problem people have. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'm thinking about it I'm like, oh no, I can see how that could happen. If we don't manage this now and by the time we double in size, and that's going to become a real issue for us. And so uh, there's so much to learn and you're always waiting to experience it yourself. Uh, and then you're going to have, it's going to be a lot harder. You're going to have growing pains. And so if you can kind of learn about what's coming down the path that you, and uh, it helps you get a bit prepared for that future. 100%. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and again, you know, one thing for our leaders as well as a senior, senior leader, as a vice president, as John is really one of the biggest things that your job really is, is to help your company be in the spot in three years, right? In next year, this is what John's responsible for three years from now, five and really thinking further and further down the road. And obviously you're acting now because this is the only time you can act is right now, but you know, it, with that mind of what's, what's going to be in the future. So, um, so John, if someone wanted to do what you did, what key habits would they have to steal from you? What's some of the secrets to your success? Okay. I think, 
my, my approach is maybe a little different than others. I, I just think that you don't need to know everything and you just need to start. Um, so I, I have a, a little bit of a, maybe it's a personality flaw, but I, I'm okay decisions on very little information. I mean, I, I have a process and I have a framework if I was to evaluate the company, just like I did with Parity. I looked at the business and said, this is a company I can get behind. We can grow this. We're going to win. Right. Uh, and so I, I didn't uh, not you know, look at data, etc. But you don't need to know everything or and nothing has to be perfect. Uh, if you have something that you believe in and you want to go do it, just, just start. Just right. And, and figure it out along the way. So I think too many people um, spend time analyzing everything, trying to make the perfect business plan or case. And you know what? They just spent nine months making a business plan and they've done nothing. And right. so the first thing is I, I, I think I'm very good at starting. I'm a great starter. Uh, and then, you know, I actually, in, on the other side of the coin, I'm not great at executing in certain areas, but I hire people in those areas. Have help. I ask for ask for help. Get support. Um, but first of all, just getting started. If I could give any treat to someone, it would be that. I'm fairly okay at that. Yeah. Uh, and I think developing. Uh, I'd like to think I've developed good communication skills and the ability to you know, influence and work with people. Um, and that really ultimately came from the ability to understand what was important to others. So learn, ask good questions learning to read people and say, Hey, you know, you, you look uncomfortable, right? Why, why is that? Oh, yeah. you know, what if uh, we did this instead? And so in, in business and in sales, especially it's being able to understand who's across from you, what's important to them, um, the skill set, maybe not a trait, but it's developed uh, right. a little bit of it's uh, part of my personality. But yeah, I, would, I think those two things would be, uh, amazing for anyone to have starting off there. Uh, Chris. Yeah. And, and, and a self-awareness, because that's one of the things as well that I, you know, that, that I'm hearing John. And I think it's very true is, is, Hey, uh, you know, no one is good at everything. So, so being self-aware to know, Hey, this is what I'm not good at and being not fearful to put your hand up when you don't know the answer. And I, I, I can't, I can't be of any res- I can't be of any help. You know, uh, there's a bunch of areas where I'm just not very good and I'm willing to say. And so other people take that in the business and run with it and do way better than I would. And as our business has grown, it's enabled us to have more great people in spots that can do stuff that I couldn't do. You know, and the same thing at Parity is obviously as it's growing, you get more and more people really great at that. And that's why the world works way better in teams. And that's what you see. Right. And you're 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 sharing that with other people. Uh, absolutely. That, that was a fantastic summary. <laughs> so, so, uh, so John, when you, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? I think that people just are, should be ready to challenge the status quo. Um, that that's really important. And so, and I, I think of everyone growing up and I was probably no different, saw opportunities that things could be better. Um, that's a, I think that that challenger mindset is reminds me of a leader saying, okay, I know where we need to go. I, I guess that I can see how this was kind of done in the past. And I think I can do this better and I'm going to do it maybe, maybe a little bit my way, maybe a little bit of a mixed approach, but this person or this leader is probably going to be a challenger. They're going to say, we don't have to do things the same way. There could be a better way. 
and, and then they're going to actually start doing that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, John, um, I'm, I'm really excited what you're up to. You know, I, I, I guess I, um, you know, just for our, for our leaders, John and I are connected on, on Facebook and um, LinkedIn and, and, and I guess mostly LinkedIn. I saw, I saw the money being raised. I saw what, you know, parody was up to. I'm going, wow, this is really cool. And it, it uh, John and I actually didn't end up reconnecting, but for a few weeks ago or whatever, and we managed to fit this in around John's crazy schedule but I just love what you guys are up to. It's big, it's bold. I think it really, again, can make a huge difference in the world. Um, and isn't that fantastic? And obviously with that big difference, there can be a real economic benefit, you know, uh, to, to, you know, to shareholders, to your customers, et cetera. Uh, you know, uh, you know, really, really exciting what you're up to. Yeah, thanks, Chris. And uh, to be honest, I'm always happy to fit you in the schedule. I mean, student work's had a major impact on my life and my career. So uh, anytime you want to chat, give me a ring. Uh, fantastic. Okay. Well, fantastic, John. So thank, thank you kindly. And, uh, and again, have a fantastic day. Continued success. Thanks, Chris. Take care. Cheers. Hey, leaders. Really excited to be bringing a young former District manager and operator of the Student Works Management Program. His name's John England. Uh, he talks about his career. He had a number of spots uh, post school that he went to before he joined in and really found Parity. He's the vice president of Parity. They've gone out and raised a bunch of money and they're looking to solve an enormous problem. And it's a problem that I know many of you are concerned, concerned with, and that is climate change. And that is, you know, all the CO2 that we're putting it into the air. Over 40% of CO2 emissions are from buildings. And Parity is, is uh, finding a way to re-engineer and um, find uh, ways to, to decrease the, the emissions of these buildings um, while having a really great return. Um, and so really making a difference in the world and uh, making, making a financial impact at the same time. John is wise beyond his years. I, I know you're going to love uh, this podcast. I, I highly recommend it. And, um, and again, if you know a young leader who wants to have a major impact like the one that John's having in the world today and is looking to you know, stretch their leadership skills, stretch what they know and how they, they can really make a difference, please send them to us. You know, you can send me an email at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. They can go directly to leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and find out more about the student works management program. Um, so thanks so much. And uh, I, I know you're going to love the pod. I hope you, I hope you enjoyed as much as I, uh, I did listening to it and being involved with it. Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply.
and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.